This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I start most of these podcasts by saying I'm sitting here with an awesome person. And that is true. Uh, I find this person to be awesomer than usual, which is not an insult to my guests, <laughs> my other guests. But I'm not married to any of my other guests, uh, but I am married to my guest today. Is, is that right? Is that correct? That, that's correct. <laughs> it would be really awkward if right now you decided to say that your other guests were awesomer. I don't of know. I would feel awkward. I've never had a not awesome person on true. the podcast. They have all been awesome. But I am only married to you. That is true. Excellent. I'm glad that we're starting out the podcast by agreeing. Uh, it is a weird thing to do a podcast with your spouse, a one-on-one podcast with your spouse, because there's the risk that it will be like cloying and sweet, and we'll call each other sweetie for an hour, and people will just like want to light their computers on fire while listening. Or you could sense subtle rivers of tension. <laughs> so see if either of those things happen for you. Uh, Sarah, I was going to call you wife, because... I, I call my wife wife like it's a name, which I know some people find offensive, and I'll probably end up doing that, but That's I don't okay. mean it offensively. I call you husband. You do. You do. And other things. That will probably... <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds scary. It does. But uh, Sarah, Yes, wife, Joseph. Would you, uh, would you introduce yourself and tell people listening at home uh, who you are? Hi, I'm Sarah <laughs> Scrimshaw. Um, Sarah Stevenson Scrimshaw, and but I go by Sarah Scrimshaw, and I am married to Joseph, and I am happy to be here on Obsessed to talk about my obsession. Am I allowed to say what it is? No, it's, oh, okay. it's, I've changed the podcast format to a guessing game <laughs> where people will write in and guess, That'd what really were fun. those weird fucking people obsessed with? <laughs> talking about their marriage, I guess. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, um, we're talking about knitting today. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, listeners. I like how you. It's said the dial-in that. show. Yeah, it really. You, it was very public radio-like of you. It Today, was. We're talking <laughs> about knitting. I was just listening to public radio on my way home, so maybe that's part of it. So uh, I've installed a little dial-up system for our house. I hope you don't mind, sweet. A dial-up system for phones to like call in, and I'll be like, "Hello, call in number four. As long as it doesn't make a modem noise, I don't care. Okay. Awesome. We're good. Uh, so we'll see if people call in. So we are talking about knitting. Tell us a little bit about uh, why you like knitting. Um, <laughs> that should be an obvious answer with an easy question, but I don't have a good answer to it. I, I like knitting. I like making things. I like the process of being able to, um, to create something, to start with a ball of yarn is usually what one starts <laughs> with, <laughs> and at the end have something that does not look at all like the ball of yarn and has shape and form and is often useful. Um, so I really like that. I also like it because I, as you know, don't like to, um, especially watching TV or doing something, I like to have my hands busy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in podcast <laughs> listeners, I'm currently gesturing like mad. Um, and hitting my microphone. But I, I like to... I like to do things. I've always been crafty in that way, not in like a popsicles and glue way. I tried that and they always were horrible failures. not in a Beastie failures. Boys way? She's crafty? <laughs> um, well, maybe. But, okay. Um, yeah, but I, I, I like yarn. I like the discovery of it. I can go on. <laughs> on. Uh, so, um, uh, well, two things. One, I want to make sure that you told people, when I asked you to tell people about who you are, you said like what you, you do, right? 
No, I think I just said that I'm married to you. You just said you're married <laughs> to me in your name, and yep. uh, I feel like a huge asshole. So why don't you tell people like the stuff that you do? I um, I do a variety of things, but the main thing that I do, <laughs> you're I don't a like face black on podcasts. Uh, you're married to me. What else do we know? I think I've got a career set. <laughs> being evasive on podcasts. It does not pay well. Oh, well, being evasive you know, on podcasts. We'll look into it. Um, so I, I have a new job here in Los Angeles. I work for the city of Beverly Hills at Greystone Mansion and Gardens, where I am helping them run their event programs. And it's a really cool historic house. I was finished in 1928. And... <laughs> <laughs> you switched... From uh, NPR voice <laughs> to tour guide voice. I've done that too. Okay, I, that sounds like I've been on NPR, which I haven't been, as you know. But um. <laughs> Okay, so just for the record, this is a weird podcast because I might know the answer to a lot of your questions. <laughs> I'm going to try to discover new things that I don't know about you, wife. Uh, but you don't have to say, as you know, every time. That's that I true. know things because I know a lot about you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> We've good. been married for eight years. That's, that's true. Um, and that's good. You should know a lot about me. Um, <laughs> and I'm used to watching this uh, back when it was a live show and listening to it on headphones. So I'm in my own little head. Anyway, um, so I, I work at this house where I'm helping them with their events and marketing it and also running the events eventually or helping the park rangers who run the events. And, um, I'm, I'm super excited. I worked at a historic house, the James J Hill house, which is part of the Minnesota historical society back when we lived in Minneapolis and loved it there and loved to be able to combine history and events and beautiful spaces. I discovered a love of architecture and sharing history with people and, I like doing events. That's the other thing that I do is I help with um, live shows, kind of backstage stage mm -hmm. management, um, tech sometimes, but if it's not too complicated. <laughs> and but you stage manage for Wootstock, right? I've stage managed Wootstock or Mootstock. Um, <laughs> Moot <laughs> sorry, Paul and Stern just renamed it. That's a very different um, show, very quiet show. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've stage managed Wootstock. I've been the stage manager, backstage person for the Joko Cruise Crazy um, two years. And stage manage a lot of my husband, Joseph Scrimshaw's shows. <laughs> and also help with front of house, guest relations, any of that. And occasionally pressing record on the podcasts. Excellent, excellent. So back to Nitty. Back to Nitty. Uh, you said, and this is something I've never heard you say before, you like to knit because you make discoveries. Did I say that? You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, who did you have on this podcast pretending to be me? Um, I, I don't know what I meant by that, but I can pretend that I can just make something up. <laughs> well, here's maybe one thing. So in, in knitting, there's, like many things, the idea that some people are process knitters and some people are product knitters. And that sounds boring, but really it's not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is also something that could be applied to almost every topic on this podcast. True, true. Um, so process knitters, as it implies, you like the process, but it's more about, oh, I really like to discover new stitches or ways of constructing sweaters. And other people really like to have the completed product. Um, I seem to be somewhere in the middle. I enjoy the process, but I'm, I like to have things get, that get completed, which is why uh, I knit a lot of little things like bracelets. 
because it's a fun way to experiment, but I'm not committed to making an entire sweater or an afghan. Or I like baby sweaters because they're small, and if it doesn't work, it's not, you know, months of commitment or something like that. Cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are, how did you get started knitting? When, when, who introduced you to knitting in your family? I think you've told me this, but I don't actually <laughs> know. Um, well, I actually started crocheting when I was, I believe, in third grade. But somewhere around there, my grandmother, my mother's mother, was down visiting us. And she was crocheting an Af- Afghan, um, which we have. And she taught me how to crochet because I thought that she was sitting there on the couch making this blanket. And I thought that was cool. And I um, adored my grandmother and wanted to do whatever she was doing. And so she taught me how to crochet. And I think she had some extra yarn. or Maybe my mom had some yarn around the house or something. So I quickly crocheted um, a vest for my Cabbage Patch doll uh, just because I was like, well, this is cool. I'm going to make a vest. And so I made a vest for my Cabbage Patch doll. Um, and then I had a like a two-inch figurine of a well, Cabbage Patch. Before yes. I get too many, too, many more, <laughs> too many more details for fucking knitting crafting morons. Oh, I'm sorry. What's the difference between crochet and knitting? Oh, um, so crochet uses one hook. It has a, a hook. <laughs> I'm gesturing <laughs> a little bent thing on the end, um, and you just use one. And knitting is um, two needles. There's lots of different um, variations within that. You know, like knitting, a lot of people use circular needles, which is something that I prefer rather than two sticks. I do ones that have like a nylon string connecting the two. Yeah, so um, they really look like weapons. They look like they nunchucks, mm-hmm. but for knitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were saying that you crocheted a vest for your Cabbage Patch doll. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Why? <laughs> uh, oh, I really liked my Cabbage Patch doll. That was, like my my dolls and my stuffed animals were like my buddies, perhaps longer than they. I'm not gonna say should have won because I think whatever people need, they were my friends. How old were you when you crocheted a vest for your I, Cabbage Patch doll? I think I was in third grade. So what would that be? Nine? I mean, that's... yeah. What was the Cabbage Patch doll's name? <laughs> um, my Cabbage Patch doll's name was Cherry. <laughs> was your Cabbage Patch doll a, a lady of the night? No. Um, you know, Cabbage Patch dolls came with names. Uh, they came with um, pre-named. Uh-huh. And mine came... It, it's totally because I just didn't know. So mine... The one that... The, I can't speak. The name that my Cabbage Patch doll came with was Sherry. C-H-A-R-I, but I had never seen that spelling of Sherry before, and so I kept calling her Cherry, and then my mom was like, saw it, I was like, oh, actually, this is Sherry, but by that point, too late, you know, seven or eight-year-old Sarah was like, nope, it's Cherry. So, <laughs> Cherry she was. <laughs> and she had a pretty acrylic crocheted vest. Well, good. Uh, and why? But why did you make her a vest? It was. Did you feel that cherry was cold, or like just for a knitting project? For the first thing, you learned to crochet. Yeah. Uh, from your grandmother. Mm-hmm. And you want to use these skills out in the world, and the first thing you do is make a vest for cherry. <laughs> your <laughs> prostitute doll. <laughs> Sorry. She's a very nice doll, Cherry Kala. Cherry Kala. They had last names or middle did names they? or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I wanted to practice because, you know, my grandma had taught me, but you needed something to practice on. And so I, 
I've, I, I don't remember. It was many years ago. But I suspect I probably just started. It was an over-the-head vest, not a button-up vest. Um, <laughs> and so I suspect I just started practicing um, the Afghan stitch that she had taught me. And the Afghan was striped, and so I started in stripes. And then I thought, well, I need to do something with this. And so I just figured out how to make it be a vest. And then from there, the next thing I did is I had one of those like little three-inch posable Cabbage Patch dolls, and I made it a set of overalls out of like... It, it amazes me now because it was teeny tiny yarn and like for knitters or crocheters out there, like a size zero crochet hook. And I had just started that super tiny and I was just making it up as I went along, but it was really fun. And somewhere I've lost it. And that's like one of the things in my life that I wish I hadn't lost. Cause it was this tiny little pink, like two inch set of overalls that I had knit for a plastic doll. <laughs> you, <laughs> or crocheted, rather. you crocheted mm-hmm. uh, overalls. Uh-huh. Was there the uh, opening in the back for easy defecation? The no, overalls sometimes no. have? These were not like, like these weren't these weren't oldie time overalls? They weren't long johns. Oh, okay. These were overalls. They were <laughs> pants with suspenders. You know, I was mid to late eighties. You crocheted suspenders? Well, they were overalls. It wasn't like they were elastic. And what was the little plastic cabbage patch doll's name? I don't think she had one. <laughs> <laughs> she was green. Like her clothes that she came painted on with were green, seafoam green. So you remember the color of her clothes, but not her name. I don't think she came with a name. So, but you had you had Big Cherry, <laughs> <laughs> and you just didn't even think what the other one should be named. I might have known at the time, but I don't. Um, I don't remember now. All right. So uh, next question: If well, actually, I'm going to back up. So when did you switch to full on? knitting because you knit oh, more than you crochet now i do so i crocheted then and then i, I just got busy with life and being a kid and I, <laughs> all of that. I have meetings to go to down on the playground you know Running around throwing the sticks <laughs> kid playing business. in the ravine you know things like that <laughs> the ravine. there is a ravine behind our house all right um and so i didn't really knit or crochet much more as a kid and then in college, at some point, I decided to start crocheting, and I taught my roommate how to crochet. Um, in college? Amy. Mm-hmm. And then... Did she ask, or did you just say... <laughs> I sat on top of her. You're going to learn this. And said, okay, this is what we're doing tonight. <laughs> no studying. I think she asked. Or maybe... I, I don't remember exactly how it came up, um, but I taught her how to crochet, and then she started knitting, and she taught me how to knit, is, I believe, how it went, because... She decided she was, and she made this like huge queen size blanket as her first thing. So talk about like me wanting to do tiny little two inch doll. She clothes. crocheted a she giant. She crocheted blanket. a giant queen size blanket as her first project. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So if knitting is the sort of or crocheting, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do a little slash. Okay. Not slash fiction, but like you know, like yeah. knitting crocheting, they're kind of the same thing. They're similar. They're related. They're very similar, mm-hmm. right? Okay. If those are the sort of the marijuana of the crafting world, <laughs> what sort of, what are they a gateway to? What other crafting things do they lead to? Or do people, oh. or are people like, hey, I can just knit and crochet and I'm fine and I don't move on to the harder stuff? I, I think that they are, they're both. Um, some people just stay there and they're happy, which is for the most part usually where I am. And I do these days knit more than I crochet. Um, felting would be maybe the next step (laughs) okay? because felting, you know, comes into things. Yeah. And felting's the best because it is actually insane and it sounds (laughs) like a German sex act. So, uh, can you tell people who don't know what felting is, what felting is? Sure. Felting is when you make something, um, with wool, 
or possibly other animal fibers, but you can't do it with cotton. Okay. And you um, knit or crochet it really large, and then you either put it in the washing machine or else you put it in boiling water, uh, which is how I've usually done it. And then um, if you put it in boiling water, you agitate it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you can do it with like a plunger agitating it, or I, I have been known Sarah's to... Sarah's making agitation gestures <laughs> with her hand. I am. I have been known to... Uh, to knit small things and then put boiling water in the sink and I agitate them with a wooden spoon. <laughs> if you put them in the washing machine, I think you're supposed to put tennis balls in there with them too, but I've never actually done it in the washing machine. So listeners, Google it because don't listen to my directions because I haven't done it that way. But but here is uh, uh, a specific thing with felting. So yes. you make it large. You make it and large. And then you expose it to heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, it's a very specific word choice, agitation. It's not like you put it in warm water and then you can just like beat it against the wall. You have to, it's not hitting, it's not beating, it's agitating. Mm-hmm. Like in a dryer. Right. Well, that's yeah, being tumbled a, about. Yeah, right? but in a washing a machine. A washing machine, yeah, not a dryer. You need the water. Right, right. So you need the moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, uh, the way that some people felt is they put it in a bucket and like they stick like a plunger, right? And just yep. like hammer. Yeah, so like when I'm doing it in the sink, that's the mini version of plunging in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our new quote uh, for the podcast. Yeah, I think that was Duran Duran's second album, <laughs> Plunging in a Bucket. Yeah, and, um, and from there, once you take it out, you need to shape it. Because it is just a sodden mess. <laughs> <laughs> and... Like, one of the things that I have felted is coasters, so that's easy. And so you just lay it out flat, but you measure it and make sure it's the right size. But I have a a hat that actually my former roommate uh, felted and made for me because she became insane knitter in a wonderful way. And this is the one that you sat on and forced to learn the ways of knitting. Yes, yep, exactly. And and so for that, um, it's like a bowler hat type of thing, and so she had to shape it. I think on a bowl and then curve the ends up as it kept drying. She kept having to shape it to make sure, or like if you make a bag or something. So when like you that. say shape it, what do you, you, you put it on something to hold its shape, but then do you hit it more? Do you agitate it more? No, no. Then you just let it dry. But how do you shape it? Like do you sit there and mold it with your hands? Well, you either put it on a mold, like a bowl or something if it's a hat uh-huh. or um, I don't know. I'm sure people have molds that they've made out of Right. I get the mold cloth. part, but then what do you do to it? Well, then once it's there, then it dries. And that's the idea is like once it, um, once it, as it dries in that shape, um, wool will hold its shape for the most part. Right. So you don't have to do any, do you have to stare at it? Yeah, it probably <laughs> helps. It's a little bit like boiling water. <laughs> Go okay. make some pasta and then come back. All right. Uh, so I feel like at this point in the podcast, I should mention that I have some knitting knowledge. There, there are some great great uh chasms in my knitting knowledge where there's shit i don't know but you really like to frog things Fro- well we'll get to frogging <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll get to frogging okay don't jump the gut Sorry. jesus uh, uh i did i wrote a show several years ago that was a murder mystery uh set within a knitting group called stitch bitch and die and that's where you taught me a lot of this stuff that i could use for the show including felting mm-hmm. and frogging can you tell people who don't know what frogging is? Frogging is great. Frogging is when you pull things out. Like if you've been knitting and you need to make a mistake or you decide you hate the project, uh, you pull on the loose string and it pulls it all out. So it's 
can be super cathartic if you are <laughs> mad or upset or don't like the project or hate this yarn, but it can, you know, it can also happen accidentally and that can be devastating. There's accidental frogging? <laughs> well, yeah, because if you accident, as you might've noticed sometimes, if we're watching TV and I'm knitting and I suddenly yelp, um, maybe like a stitch has dropped or something and I'm really worried I'm going to lose too much of it. That will be a, before I can pick it back up, like the stitches oh. will drop. Or if I step on a piece of yarn and it, I it trails it out. And it trails okay. out. I mean, yeah, I, really I wasn't really happen, aware of the, the deep threat of accidental frogging. It's it's not a, honestly that's part of why I really like circular needles. Oh, because they rather because then they kind of have it like, stays on the nunchucks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, one of the great memories from from doing that stitch, bitch, and die show is uh, I tried to knit. I couldn't knit at all, at all. Uh, I had to knit for one second at the end, and I just faked it. Uh, yeah. Because I can't do it at all. I have no interest <laughs> in learning. Uh, but I'm great at frogging. It was really terrifying to me. What, how good I am at frogging? It or was. the fact that I couldn't learn how to knit at all. <laughs> Both. I could not knit <laughs> or pearl. Uh, yeah, so then there, there was that one night. Uh, there's, there's a scene where in order, I was playing the investigator, and in order to get one of the uh, suspects to tell me what she knew, I was frogging her scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was on stage ripping out this scarf that Sarah had knitted as a prop and then had to re-knit every performance so I ripped out row after row after row and one particular performance got a very diverse audience uh for this show in one particular performance there was i would say at least a 70 year old woman maybe even 80 in mm-hmm. the front row and as i was frogging she just looked at me and said you are a bad man <laughs> and, and it wasn't really a heckle it no. was she really just meant it in the she bottom did. of her heart that like anybody who would purposefully rip out somebody's to somebody else's artwork it's like taking you know hi you're working on this painting well i'm just gonna throw this bucket of paint over it what what what's wrong have you been (laughs) sketching i'm just gonna use an eraser come on you've been typing on this computer i'm just gonna smash your hard drive a little no big deal (laughs) um for the knitters who are listening to this the other thing was that we did not have a lifeline installed in this scarf and for those who are not Knitters, what that? So so much knitting <laughs> terminology sounds so melodramatic. Knitting is serious. <laughs> there was no lifeline. <laughs> the scarf could have died. We were miles away from the nearest scarf ER. Right. I had scarf scarf ER in our home every night. So if you don't, know, a lifeline is where you put it. Um, you can put it in like in lace knitting. It'll happen a lot. Where in case you mess up or. You know, sometimes if I'm adapting a, a pattern and I don't know if I'll like what happens next, I'll put in a lifeline so that if I don't like it, I can tear it back and not have to find each individual stitch. But we didn't want there to be in the show a place where suddenly he couldn't tear anymore because... Yeah, because I got to tear of, as much as, as I much wanted. As and wanted. It was great. <laughs> inches and inches every and night. Inches. Yeah. Yeah. But you are a very fast knitter, so... I'm uh, not. In the world of knitting, like, I'm decent, but in the world of knitting... I am not. A, I am a okay knitter. I'm not a super fast knitter. Sorry. So, do you think speaking of this lifeline thing, is that a psychological difference between knitters, knitters who are like, "Fuck it, I don't need a lifeline. I trust," and knitters who like have to put in a bunch of lifelines to like make sure that they don't lose their work. Um. 
I don't, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't spend that much time knitting with other people. So I don't really know what motivates other people. <laughs> I'm a solitary knitter. I find solace with them on the internet. Um, but I think there's, I'm sure some people put in lifelines because they're just good, um, you know, um, what's the word? They're being proactive and making sure they don't mess up and it's something that's important to them. Uh, lace knitting can get complicated because there's so many <laughs> blah, 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 that would be like yarn overs and knit togethers and things like that to get the lacy pattern that it can be smart to put in a lifeline, especially... Um, I know there have been a few patterns I've done where they're like, we really recommend putting a lifeline here. There's one project but that I But you don't do it, do you? Um, if they tell me to, I do, because okay. they usually have good reason for it. Because um, shit's about to get crazy in right? row eight. Right? And I might need to make us, because I often knit while, uh, while watching TV, mm-hmm. and I might need to pause the TV so I can figure out what I'm doing with my knitting, and I try not to do that. It's almost often. Pavlovian, like if I <laughs> pause Netflix... You stop knitting. No, you don't. No, That'd be great, no. though, if, like, the remote control, like, I paused, <laughs> and you stopped, and I hit play again, and you started up again. Not, not uh, quite that. Uh, uh, yeah. Probably. I'm okay. not going to quite become an animatronic yet. So, some more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what knitting project are you most proud of? Oh, I knew you were going to ask this question, and I don't know. Well, what is so a knitting many. project that you are proud of? Um, in terms of recent projects, I... Um, there was a tank top pattern that I adapted to be a kind of scarf cowl thing. A tank top? Really? Yeah. Well, and it's not, it's more about the, the lace, the feathery lace pattern that was within the tank top pattern. Okay. I didn't do the actual tank top part of it. I did the body, which is, you know, so like a big tube. I probably watched you knit this. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm picking, like picturing the stupidest tank top. <laughs> a tank top is something we wear when it's hot out, not a, wear half a sheep's wool on your torso well i used acrylic <laughs> now you're just a... getting bedantic <laughs> what was this did you make this in front of me yeah yeah okay. and i've shown it to you a few times it's okay. brown all right you'll recognize it yeah um, rivers of tension <laughs> <laughs> hi sweetie <laughs> um but i like that because i like being able to make small adjustments to patterns um and make them be more useful for what I actually need. So maybe that's one thing that I'm very proud of. So you're proud of your ability to follow the guidelines up to the point that it's useful for you. And then just say, fuck it, I'm going over here. Exactly. I'm going to go crazy. I don't need a lifeline. I think this tank top should taper <laughs> this way. And that's the way I'm going to do it. And sometimes that's my de- detriment. And in fact, that one, I did have like three different lifelines in it. Because I was so totally making up the pattern as I was going along. And then I wasn't sure at all if it was going to work. Okay, since I'm a complete asshole who didn't notice you <laughs> knitting a fucking tank top. Well, it just looks where like did this go? Yarn. What do you mean? Did you is it was it a present or have you oh, been no. wearing a knit tank top that I've, I'm not paying attention I've to? I've been wearing it. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after the after the we record the podcast, I'm going to need to see the knit tank top. I will, and also a scarf of the same pattern and the same yarn. Okay. That I wear frequently. And I think pants, I was wearing right? Two... You knit, uh, <laughs> you knit some dungarees. You've I... been worrying about. <laughs> I have not knit, 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 knit pants. I do have a crocheted skirt that I made years ago. I've seen that. You've seen that one. Yes, yeah. I am aware of that. Okay. I get one good husband point, uh, <laughs> and then just I think for fun. Uh, yeah. I these are things I know 
but I want the listening public to know some of the crazy shit you made for the show for Stitch, Bitch, and Die. Oh, actually, those would be some of the other things that I was thinking are some of the most fun, too. Yeah. But go ahead. They, no, no, we'll tell people about No, you tell them. Um, well, for one thing, I had to make knit handcuffs, which was just <laughs> kind of fun and ridiculous. Um, and so those, those were fun. And um, I made a few extras and tried to sell them online, but nobody ever bought those. And then I, um, one of the jokes in the show is that one of the knitters is extremely fast knitter. And so she had made a holster for the detective's gun. A gun cozy. Uh, yeah. So it's a gun cozy. And so it's out of like hunter orange cotton, you know, like the bright orange. And it has a little tab for the, um, um, what's the it hammer called? for the hammer. Yeah. And, and it was just, you know, I made it to fit the fake gun that we had. And so it was completely, yeah, I'm just going to make this fit. And that's actually the kind of project that I like to do is just kind of, here's what I need. I'm going to create it and figure it out as I go along. But it, that's harder to do while I'm watching TV, which is when I'm usually knitting. So I also need some either semi-mindless or at least like, here's a pattern. And if I just keep track of what row I'm on, I can keep going. Yeah. Rather than the, I'm going to go out here and basically choreograph a knitting pattern while I'm going along. Yeah. But it was a cool experience for me because I just, I wrote this show and I kind of checked in with you to my memory about what was feasible, but yeah. a lot of things I just knit, or just knit, just wrote, <laughs> writing is <laughs> knitting with words, uh, I just uh, stitched together some words on the page that included various knit or crocheted objects, and for the most part, you were just like, yes, I can figure out a way to do that, and mm -hmm. that was really cool to see just the sort of, ah, I can just make this happen. Yeah, I don't think you had anything that I said no to. No. Yeah. We ended up crocheting the teddy bear. We did. If you know what I mean. Listing <laughs> public. It means exactly what it means. It's very uh, scary. Part of that was because I already, I think I had already started it years ago and hadn't finished it. I Maybe? don't know about that. I don't, I don't think there was a half crocheted teddy bear at home <laughs> that I forgot about. Maybe? Uh, all right. So, yes. So, okay. uh, handcuffs, tank tops. You can make it all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in between. Oh, I'm really proud of the cuff I put on knitting that I made for the podcast because nobody can see me. But I felt like I shouldn't be on this podcast with nothing I had knit on my body. Um, I have clothes on, but they aren't things that I've made. <laughs> uh, Rivers of tension. <laughs> but I have this little cuff. It's I call it a cuff, not a blurry slip because it has buttons on it. But I made it, again, based off of I liked the stitch pattern. Um, and I used it as hand warmers because my wrist get cold. But they're not cold today because it was like 84 degrees today. Sorry, Midwest. But you probably have like, I would say, 2,000 wrist warmers you've mm. knit in the last eight years? No. Only one. 1,000 pair. <laughs> How about that? Fair enough. But you've made a lot of wrist warmers. Yeah, but a lot of them I give away. Okay. A lot of wrist warmers or bracelets um, or hand warmers are good gifts or like I'd started making some knit bracelets and then a bunch of my former co-workers wanted to buy them to give to people as gifts. And so I made a bunch, um, kind of on commission for people. Cool. Cool. Okay. I got more questions. Okay. Sorry. If you could knit with any person living or dead, who would you want to knit with? Oh, um, whether they're a knitter or not. Yeah. Anybody. I mean, you, you're, you're a solo knitter, but you have been a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have knit with other people. I mean, I don't want to be like, it's not like I don't want to sit in the corner and knit. It's not like you have a phobia about it. <laughs> yeah, and I have gone to like, you know, knitting <laughs> parties and I have friends who knit it's and we like talk about who, what we're knitting. You know, so. can't pee next to someone else in the urinal. You can knit <laughs> yeah. with another person I present. Can. I can. And knitting. So who would you want to knit with? Mm. Oh, well, 
this would be a horrible person to knit with, but uh, the character Jack Bauer just came into mind. <laughs> You're running out of time. Running out of time. And I think I would just get stressed and throw things at him, so that might be fun. Um, but if you could get Jack Bauer to knit, it would help him amazing. psychologically a lot. It, it would. It and you could knit day. him gun cozies. <laughs> I could. He would probably just take your knitting needles and stab Terry. I think he would. He would frog everything. And that would, he be, would yeah. be, I would be so stressed. I would then need to go to knitting therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that answer. My wife wants to knit with Jack Bauer. <laughs> Peek into our marriage. Uh, all right. If our apartment uh, was on fire mm-hmm. and you could only grab one pair of knitting needles, which of your knitting needles would you want to grab? Mm. I have a bunch of knitting needles that were my grandmother's, Aww. the one who taught me how to crochet. So I would probably grab... Um, one of the pair, most of them are straight, so I don't actually use them very often, and so they actually are in storage and not in our house. But the okay, ones so that I have here... straight needles just means not circular. Correct. There's okay. there's three forms. I'm sure there's more, but there's straight, which is like the two needles with end caps on Classic. Ends. Classic. Then there's yeah. double-pointed needles, which, as the name says, are pointed on both sides. Yeah, you can murder forms. people with either side. Exactly. Yep. Um, or two people at once. Yes. They are the Darth Maul double bladed lightsaber of knitting. Exactly. Um, And those are, you know, for socks or things in the round, or you can use them for whatever. And then circular needles. Um, And actually, I do have circular needles in my grandma's, so maybe I would save those because. And what color are those? One is uh, metallic blue and one is silver because they're two different sizes. Okay. Cool. Uh, Is knitting a form of meditation? It can be. Absolutely. Have you ever, I mean, I know we normally watch television and you normally knit as a sort of, it is a secondary activity unless there's a, a part of the knitting that you really need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It is usually a multitasking thing for you. Have you ever just like sat in a darkened room alone knitting? Uh, yes, except not the darkened room because then I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I said, I said darkened as opposed to all the way dark. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A low romantic light. How about that? Absolutely. Like, especially if there's a project that I'm almost done with and I really want to finish or that's a little bit complicated. Uh, There is a kind of scarf shawl. I think it was the seascape pattern from Nitty that I was making last year. And um, for those... You made uh, the seascape shawl? I think it was called seascape, but I might be wrong about that. It was a little bit complicated. It was really fun. Um, And there were a few times when I would just come home from work and you were probably gone somewhere and that's why you don't know this but i <laughs> we just sit in the chair with like the light knit and light on and just sit there and knit and yeah oh, it's super uh calming do you feel like you reach some sort of zen level mm, yeah it's all going well i mean i also sometimes just knit if it's if i'm in a stressful place in the knitting like with that tank top i kept not knowing what i was doing and so i would have to do it during like I like to do it during the daytime so I can get a lot of light. Yeah. And then, um, but then I would get really stressed because it wasn't working. And so, but yeah, but then once you get through that, then it's like, Oh, okay. Life is okay. I got all the lumps out of the gravy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Tomorrow's Uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, here, uh, so here's a follow up question to the Mm -hmm. meditation. Yep. If you had never been a knitter, if you have never knitted in your life in our imaginary world, mm-hmm. do you think you might have murdered someone by now? No. Just out of tension and anger. No. 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking that about. That is a lot of meaning you're packing into one <laughs> syllable. You, that, you're saying no. no. Like, aren't you silly? <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> no, the way you said that's adorable made me feel like murder is very much a possibility. I'm, I'm not really the murdering sort. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you dig for something and you just, <laughs> as an interviewer, you just don't get what you're looking for. You know. Uh, all right. Is there any activity that you can't multitask while knitting? I have a very hard time dancing and knitting at the same time. <laughs> have you tried? I have. We did a show together. Wh- which where one? I tried to play with a ball of yarn and I would always drop the ball of yarn and then ruin that part of the dance. Mansion of Dust. Oh, right, right, right. So I wasn't knitting, but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to knit and dance at the same time because I'm not very, like I would need a really secure pocket that both let the yarn out when it needed to come out. Yeah, but that's about the logistics of it. I'm I'm talking about just mentally. Like, and my brain, because I would need to let my brain be dancing and I'd... Okay, so that's a big physical activity. Yeah. I mean, and there are a lot of big physical activities, like... Well, yes, you can't wrestle and knit because your <laughs> arms are taken up. I did once ride an exercise bike while knitting, and I was pretty proud of myself yeah, for that. Yeah, that's great. And that, uh, so I, I guess there's these, these sort of more passive activities because there's mm. like you're taking in television. Like obviously you can't knit while you're driving, but can you knit while you're riding? Yes, I often do. Well, like for long tri- road trips or something. Right. Um, part of it is I, I'm not great at knitting while talking to people. Um, which might it's because you talk rude. with your hands. <laughs> you so are pointing at me now. excessively right now. <laughs> so I only have one hand, so it has to do double duty. I, mean, I have two hands. <laughs> you have one One's hand holding free the microphone, right now. trying not to move it around too much. Yes, um, that's great. not doing so well. That's that. great, but I like. Some people I know like to knit at, if they're at a meeting or something because they feel like they can actually listen better. It's, you know, like the multitasking. Right. And I'm not like that with knitting because I will just get too engrossed in the knitting and totally ignore what the person is saying. Or I'll get engrossed in what the person's saying and stop knitting. So what is different about television where you can pay total attention to what's going on on television while you're knitting? I'm really used to it. I don't knit during all television. Like movies, I I'm not as often knitting during. And I also am very specific about what projects I'm doing. Like, it has to be something pretty repetitive. Okay. Or else something that's like um, something that, like a really gripping episode of a TV show, I'm less likely to knit during. Or if it gets to a complicated part, I'll just put it down. You just put the knitting down. Yeah. Excellent. How many baby sweaters do you think you'll knit in your lifetime? Ooh, that's like a challenge. <laughs> it is like... <laughs> How many individual sweaters or how many different patterns? Because <laughs> I, I have one pattern I go to a lot. Yeah. So how many baby sweaters do you think you have knit? Mm, certainly more than 10, but probably not as many as 20. Mm, so I, mm, maybe not. Maybe like in the 15 to 20 range. We probably know 7 million babies. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there was a time where there was a, a stressful baby sweater backup. There was. While we were watching television. There was. That happens. Yeah. It's part of life. It happens in every marriage, I'm sure. <laughs> all your friends have babies. You, know, you have to knit them all sweaters. I need to make them all sweaters. Yeah. And then if you got hats, because I got stressed. Or actually, <laughs> if you got hats because I hadn't knit sweaters yet. Because um, I, 
I was kind of a slow learner for knitting. I did hats for a long time. It was like, I'm going to expand and learn a sweater. And then it's like, hey, these aren't hard. How fun. But, I mean, they're time-consuming baby sweaters, right? Well, they're a lot less time-consuming than adult sweaters. I've knit two adult sweaters. (laughs) Ever. Is that right? Yes, that's right. You made me a sweater. Uh Uh-huh. And I made me a sweater. And the tank top for yourself. Yeah, but that's not a sweater. I'm waiting for my tank top. (laughs) Tank tops are my look. If I could have a black tank top (laughs) to really accentuate my pasty arms. Yes, I want a lacy tank top. (laughs) You have slippers. I do have slippers. And I have wrist warmers Mm -hmm. and fingerless gloves. No. No, you just have fingerless gloves. But they warm my wrist. They do. So they're doing double duty. (laughs) Uh, So, okay, back to the main question. How many you've made... Somewhere between 10 and 7 million baby sweaters already. Yeah, so let's How say 7 to How many do you think you'll make in your million. lifetime? 7 to 20 million. 7 to 20 million. Yep. But you actually have made at least 10. Oh, like, yeah. Like, no bullshit, at least 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've made at least 7 or 8 of the same pattern. Yeah. So how many do you think you'll make in your lifetime? Mm, I would. I would hope to make, like... At least 40 or 50. I hope I make more. <laughs> you hope to make 50, babe? Jesus. Here's the thing. Is I l- Television I l- better stay good. <laughs> I can find other things. I can listen to audiobooks. Or okay. I can just play knit. Or podcasts. Or podcasts. Uh, Sorry. You can't just play knit. I can. I mean, I know you can, but we don't have time in our life. Well, there's that, and that's why. Yeah. You can't yeah. just be like, I'm going to make a baby sweater now, and just that's what happens for four hours. That's insanity. It is insanity, but maybe sometime it won't be insanity. And even if I don't know people who are having babies, there's always there are always babies. <laughs> there's <laughs> deep philosophical. Duran Duran's fourth album. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, and I, I like the idea that oh, I could make um, a baby sweater and donate it to you know a, a hospital with preemies or something, you know, to like or. So it's a sweater, I, okay, like this for is Christmas gifts that people who need Christmas gifts can have. This is what I was sweaters. hoping in the podcast. We started out with like <laughs> stuff that I obviously knew, but I wanted the listening audience to know. And now we're getting into shit. Like, I did not know this was a part of our life plan <laughs> that when we get older, you are going to be like a factory for baby sweaters. No, 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 no. I I just like it, and I feel like that. <laughs> but it's not like that's a goal that's and a the mission. General idea of the podcast, uh, but I. But I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of a lot of things. The baby sweaters make people really happy. They do. And they're really cool. They do. I and don't know how many babies actually wear them, but I know some do because I love the babies that pose for photos. Because we get those. Here's a little tip for anybody listening who has a baby. If you've been given a baby <laughs> sweater, pose your baby in the sweater if it fits because uh, they don't always because it's hard to guess. Yeah. You know. Um, babies let because themselves it's go. really hard to take pictures of baby sweaters without a baby because it's like, hi, here's a sweater on the floor. And that's not very interesting. And, you know, for sites like Ravelry, which is a big knitting site, Mm -hmm. if you want to post pictures of your project, it's much more fun if there are babies in the sweater. (laughs) Multiple babies in the sweater. I would phrase it as babies wearing the sweater (laughs) as opposed to babies in the sweater, but everybody's different. Uh, Okay, so here here is something that I haven't asked you in our marriage. You pumped out a lot of baby sweaters. When our friends were pumping out babies, mm-hmm. the baby pumping out has slowed down a little bit mm-hmm. in our various friend groups. Mm-hmm, but are I'm... you a little tired of baby sweaters? Well, you might have noticed I took a little break from baby sweaters. You did. Uh, which was great because I, a, 
bunch of friends had babies, made a lot of baby sweaters, decided I wanted to make other things. Um, but recently I've, there have been in my friend groups and relative groups, a bunch of babies, and it's been really fun to make some of the patterns again, but to experiment with them, like rather than doing it solid, I'll do it with stripes or, um, <laughs> going crazy, right? Or like there's, um, <laughs> I'm currently working. One of the many things I'm working on right now is there's a baby sweater that I've had my eye on for years, but I never knew the right baby that I was like, I can just make them the sweater and hope that they will pretend they like it. Um, because I know a lot of people who've had boys and this is a girl sweater. And so I'm really excited to finally be playing with this pattern. So well, how are sweaters gender specific? In... This one's pretty lacy. So you're going to make me a lacy t- uh, tank I, top, right? I am. I am. And with some friends, I can certainly give them lacy sweaters for their boys. But yeah, it depends on the friend. All right. Uh, which character in Star Wars do you think would be best at knitting? Chewbacca. <laughs> I, I really can't argue with that. He's uh, he's peaceful. He's a multitasker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and think about like he has a lot of focus. He can multitask. Yeah. And his fur. And his fur. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was obvious. I didn't want to and start like, there. And, um, okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what his his bandolier uh, his band is called. His bandolier. Like, there's got to be a place in there where he could just stick the knitting needles. And he could just he's whip them out. He's got a pouch at the bottom of his bandolier at, at the hip that yeah, is big enough for knitting needles. That like if he had like little side pockets, like you have a knife or something. In a belt, if he had uh-huh. across his chest. Okay, I'm I'm gesturing across my chest right now, but like, or on your back, like you could just whip them out and have your knitting needles right there and be like, and then put them back. Could you do that uh, vocal impression of Chewbacca knitting again? Buta 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 is this? All right, fair enough, fair enough. Same question. Okay. I didn't. I'm I'm shocked and impressed that you knew your Star Wars opinion that quickly on. On which Star Wars character would would knit? That's Why a great are you answer. so shocked? Because sometimes when you ask people on podcasts really direct questions, they 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 need to think about it. And you had Chewbacca right away, which was awesome. That was an easier question for me than who in the entire world would I want to knit with? Because that's such True. a wide like range of people. Okay, okay. so okay. the same anyway, question with question? Harry Potter. Oh, in the Harry Potter universe, who would be the best knitter? Dobby. <laughs> but that, I mean, that almost feels like that's kind of cheating. Because of course. Well. We, d- does Dobby, does Dobby knit? knit? <laughs> <laughs> I need to reread all the books and rewatch all the movies again. Uh, well, um, he certainly has the sock, right? Uh, he has the sock. I don't think he does knit, but I think he'd be a really good knitter. I'm sure he would knit. I think Dumbledore would be a good knitter. I mean, we see Mrs. Weasley's knitting needles go. Well, which I want to know how they make that effect in a movie, <laughs> just as a side note. If you know, I'm, I'm going to guess computers. Well... Just email me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a bunch of emails awesome. that say computers. computers uh-huh. Well, So here's an interesting thing to me is that I think the psychology of knitting is that it is something that is done by calm, thoughtful, peaceful, nice people. That there is a kindness to people who would knit a baby sweater. And so Chewbacca makes a lot of sense uh, because he is... The, the gentle giant stereotype of even though he's big and scary and will rip the arms out of droids, mm-hmm. that he is kind. Mm-hmm. And so much of the story of Harry Potter is all of these characters who are kind and knowledgeable. Yeah. So do you think that that is a true stereotype, that knitting is done by kind, knowledgeable people? I think, I think it is, like all stereotypes, there is some truth in that, but I certainly have known knitters who I would not 
call kind, gentle people. So you, <laughs> None ha- of my you friends. know some knitters who are assholes. Oh, yeah. Would Snape be a good knitter? Definitely. <laughs> Why would Snape be a good knitter? Because he could just like hiss into the knitting and like... Shh, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna have you vocalize different genre characters knitting. I, I think I mean maybe this go, goes along with your premise also is like I think Dumbledore would be a good knitter. Okay, but what does Darth Vader sound like when he's knitting? Oh, that was not it. Um, <laughs> All right, I, I gotta work on that one. And what Sorry, does what does uh, what does Jack Bauer sound like knitting? <laughs> Sorry. It was very, very high pitched, Jack Bauer. Okay, that was, yeah. Excellent. Okay, next question. According to Wikipedia, the word knitting comes from a Danish word, which I have no idea how to pronounce, but it's nail binding. Uh, And Hmm. it means binding with a needle. Yeah. If you could come up with a new name for knitting, what would you call it? It could be a word or a phrase, like a sound or. Shushakaka. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little close to swastika, which makes me upset. Oh, no, no, no. I was thinking of like the shusha was like the yarn moving and then the k- k- was like the n- the needles clicking. Like shushakaka, shushakaka. It's like the sound that it makes. Shushakaka. But yeah, it doesn't. Shushakaka. We're not going to do any swastika. But now that you've explained it, I like shushakaka. Should I do it? Okay, so that's one word. Yeah, please do. Shushakaka. Shushakaka. That's uh, just very bad. It's been a long time since I went to Swedish camp. Sorry. What would Kermit the Frog sound like knitting? Oh, I can't do a Kermit the Frog impression. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, I get too hot. hot and, uh, yeah, I I think he would just like throw everything up in frustration. So and you, so you'd hear the clatter. But what were you saying? What were you What were you did so loud. Sorry. Sorry. So loud. I'm sorry, people. Uh, it... What were you saying? You, you get caught up in the what when you're trying to make the, the character knitting sounds? I get caught up in thinking about their hands physically doing the knitting. <laughs> so you were like picturing what, Kermit's what, hands? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so I think almost more about like what's going on in their mind, like what what sound is going on in their mind Okay. while, while they're looking at their hands. So I picture myself inside their brain looking at their hands. That's weird. Mm, no, that's awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, okay, so you have shwishkakakaka if yeah. you had, didn't have a new word. But if you had to have a phrase, yeah. like uh, the the uh, you know the Danish word allegedly means binding with a needle, if you had to have a phrase like that, what would the new phrase for knitting be? Can I give you a dance phrase? That'd be so much easier. Let's see. I would call it... Does it have to make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> because Shushakaka clearly does. Well, binding with a needle makes sense. Um, what would I call it? I would call it. Soft, mindful friend time. <laughs> well worth the wait. This is our episode of Obsessed About Soft, Mindful Friend Time. Friend time. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's really nice right? because. You don't like to knit with other people, so are you, your friends are just me and Jack Bauer. <laughs> no, I, I like to knit with other people. I just often don't. That's true. They're not opportunities. You're a friend. 
You're I just am. not knitting. I am. Yeah. We're friends. Mm-hmm. We're married friends. It's mm-hmm. nice. Um, if you could knit one thing for the entire world, what would it be? Like individual things for each person or one thing for the entire world to share? Either. One object for everyone. Like everybody gets that same object. Mm-hmm. Or one giant thing that the world has to share. I would knit, um, assuming that I have an army of knitters and I'm super fast, I would knit everybody some, like a little lap blanket kind of thing that they can hold on to and feel safe. <laughs> so you would knit everyone <laughs> in the world their own little like Linus comfort blanket. Pretty much, yep. Aww. That's very nice. That's very nice. Uh, okay, so we are going to move on to the questions I ask everybody about how obsessed they are. Excellent. Uh, do you think about knitting every day? Nearly. What days? I'm, I don't normally get <laughs> aggressive and challenging on these questions, but since I have more insight than normal, what, what has to happen in your day that you don't think about knitting? Uh, if I'm really busy, like say it's a day that I'm stage managing a show, yeah. and that's the all-day activity... I don't think about it or because I don't necessarily, but that is, it's a downtime activity for me or whether it's thinking about knitting or thinking about like, Oh, I should really work on this project or oh, I really wanted to make that present for this person. Right. But the example you just gave is literally untrue. The last thing that you stage managed, uh, was Molly yeah. Lewis's Thanksgiving show. And I have actual photos of you knitting that day. Oh, well, that was that was all because Angela Weber of the Double Clicks was knitting, and so I decided I wanted to knit with my friend, and so I went and got my knitting so we could both soft be sitting mindful knitting. friend time, right? Exactly, you, and it was soft, right? Your your yeah, phrase, soft mindful friend time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but you're gonna stick with your answer that you don't think about knitting every day. Most days, but not every day. All right, fair enough. Uh, did you knit on our wedding day? No. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Did you think about it? Did your mind kind of drift off during the ceremony? (laughs) (laughs) It did not. Here would be the one reason where I might have thought about it is in my bouquet, as you may remember, were some flowers that I had crocheted. And so I might have like tried to make sure that they were securely in there and were not going to fall out. Right. So you you, you thought about crafting. Well, I thought about logistics of not wanting to have to worry about things that I didn't want to have to worry about. So it was more about logistics. Like, so you took some time out. to worry about some things you didn't want to worry about. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes I sense, do run I think, to all human beings. Uh, all right. How much money do you think you've spent on knitting since we got married? We don't want to talk about that. No, I do. That's why I asked. <laughs> um, not as much as you might think. <laughs> because you have seen my yarn stash. I have seen you. <laughs> the thing about knitting... Which just sounds like a gross mustache now. <laughs> uh, the thing about knitting is when people know you're a knitter, um, they often for presents will give you gifts to mm-hmm. some places that have yarn, which is awesome mm-hmm. and wonderful and an excellent idea. And a lot of people also um, gift you like, oh, I used to knit, but I'm not really going to. Do you want this yarn? Which is also wonderful. But I happen to, in the last few years, have had a lot of people who've done that. Um, yeah. More with the gifting of yarn. Yes. Which is great, but um, ended up that I had a lot of yarn. And I would often buy yarn not thinking about a project. Just like, oh, this is pretty. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. I'll just stash it. Mm-hmm. This is really fun for me to be feel comfortable <laughs> that I can grill more 
Because we because we're recorded. Because we're married. Well, no, no, oh, no, oh, oh, oh. no. I mean, normally on this, I I try to to poke yeah. my guests and 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 get honesty. Yeah. But I don't want I don't want to grill people. Yeah. But I'm I want I I'm gonna grill you. Yeah. I want an you I want yeah, an you actual want answer. I want to know how much you think you've spent on knitting since we got married. Not because I care at all. I'm just honestly curious. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I obviously, I honestly don't know because I haven't tracked those receipts, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry to say, I would say close to, but less than $500. Really? Yep. Over the last eight years. Wow. Is that a lot or is that not very much? It's really not much. I mean, it's, it it is cool to think that if you you get really, if you get obsessive in the collecting way, the you being the general you, not you Mm -hmm. specifically, uh, if you get obsessive about the collecting of yarn, it can be in a very expensive habit. Very quickly. But if you just know, like, I'm making these kinds of things. I need this kind of yarn. It doesn't need to be the fanciest yarn in the world. Mm-hmm. That it can be a very affordable hobby. Yeah, yeah. And I think for, for me, um, I tend to be a rather thrifty person. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of yarn that I would love to be knitting with, but I just don't feel like that's where I want to spend my money right now mm-hmm. and so um so I would tend to find less expensive alternates so maybe it means I'm using like a blend rather than super wash wool because I wanted to have the baby sweaters be washable but I'll do like an ac- acrylic wool blend or something cool yeah uh would you teach Hitler how to knit Mm. I would say no, except, you know, if it's actually peaceful and meditative and he could just get distracted with knitting and not become Hitler. Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, he painted, he pa- that's what in I just theory thinking. should have been able to chill him out a little bit, no. but knitting might have helped more. It might have, except he's, he's wound so tight. I don't think. <laughs> there, yeah, there's no <laughs> frog in Hitler. Like, I, I don't know that, I think he might have just been wound too tight and would have been one of those, like, try to throw the. <laughs> so is that your impression of what it sounds like when Hitler yeah. knits? Can you do that again? <laughs> uh, how about, uh, how about Axl Rose? Would you teach Axl Rose to knit? Totally. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. All right, well, Axl, we live in Los Angeles now, so if you happen to listen to this podcast. Come on over. Please, sorry about putting you so close to Hitler, uh, but please, we will teach you to knit. I would also um, knit with the Dalai Lama. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, so Axl Rose and the Dalai Lama. Or the Pope. Or the Pope. The current Pope. The current Pope. Just the current Pope. Not, not old Popes. No. Screw old Popes, no. right? Uh, all right, if you had to choose between knitting and whiskey, which would you choose? Oh, I'm drinking whiskey right now. I'm talking about knitting. It's perfect. No. Um... Could I do something else instead of knitting? You are really evasive. <laughs> well, I really like whiskey, and there aren't a lot of other things in that vein that I really like other than wine. But if I couldn't <laughs> knit, but I could crochet, or uh-huh. I recently started making wire jewelry, I could do that, then maybe? Okay, let's say crafting versus alcohol. I know this is just cruel. That's cruel. I know, it's really cruel. That's cruel. I have no answer. (laughs) Your answer is, you agree with me that my question is cruel. (laughs) I do. Okay. Why would you do that to somebody you love? It's true. Is it soft friendship time? (laughs) Soft, colorful friendship time? Uh, All right. Would you swear at a nun if she made fun of your knitting project? 
Like, if you were just outside knitting and a nun walked by and said, that is a shitty baby sweater, would you swear at that nun? Possibly. <laughs> You're not prone to I'm swearing. I'm not a big public swearer. No. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to swear in my car or in front of you, mm. but I'm not a big, like, public swearer. I try to every once in a while just so that people don't get too shocked and then they seem to take it really seriously when I swear. <laughs> so um, do you try to, you you purposely try to condition people? So like every once in a while you're like, well, I, I haven't been swearing enough in front of Angela Weber of the double click, so I will <laughs> I'll drop a little S word in front of Angela just to prepare her for when I really need to yell shit. Well not that specifically, but okay. um No, I feel like every once in a while I feel like, oh I'm in a safe space, I can swear. <laughs> But no, I'm picturing like you walk in a place like this feels safe. Shit, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. So if it looked like the right nun, I would, <laughs> I would totally swear. So okay, you would swear at the right nun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, if you couldn't knit without me first being punched in the nuts, would you still knit? No. Aww. Really, I feel bad. Oh well, I would feel bad. Well, right. I, I, I really like knitting, but I also, here's the thing, is like, I have times when I put it down and just don't knit for a week, because it's just not what I feel like. Okay. So I feel like if it was going to do somebody that I loved bodily harm, or even emotional harm, <laughs> as though that's less, which it's not, but if it was going to do somebody that I loved harm, I would find something else to do. Okay. What if I told you that it's fine? This I wouldn't is the believe price. you. <laughs> Everybody I ever asked this question, for the most part, they bargain. About how many times, <laughs> how hard, all that. It, but you're just straight I'll bargain up. on all the other questions. I No, I just feel like no. That's yeah, not, you've been evasive I on every been. are you obsessed question, except for are the one about surprised? punching me in the nuts. <laughs> Can we include this in uh, our wedding vows when we get uh, <laughs> remarried? <No. laughs> not that we're going to get divorced. Just a second ceremony. Right, right. right. What is that called? Because it's not a remarried. Renewal? A renewal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so this is great. Now, I have I have my noises to sum up that I ask people to do. <laughs> so you have made noises about what lots of people would sound like, both real and fictional, when knitting. Mm-hmm. What does it sound like when you're knitting? I think I'm a pretty quiet knitter, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, but I will, that will be boring, because this is a podcast. I think I sound like, if I'm in the, I'm in my head... let's hope i am um what was the little sound of alarm was that a mistake in the middle of the (laughs) or i thought i was gonna drop a snitch Ah. so you're you're even when you practice making a noise of what it sounds like when you're knitting you're planning for the loss well i figured that otherwise you 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 know that I make noises when I, sometimes when I drop, a, or if I'm worried, I'm like, I'm going to drop a sk- stitch. Like, yeah. if it's slipping toward the end, um, I'm gesturing so much right now, that I figured I should just be realistic. Yeah, and I really and like... And it's not like I do that that often. I'm actually a good knitter. I don't lose a lot of stitches. So, I don't want to put it out there like, oh, I lose stitches all the time. You do I'm not frog much knitter. at all. No, no, and it's always... I'm hyper aware of frogging now. I was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you uh, can you make your noise to sum up the knitting uh, 
one more time because then we're going to move on to our final questions. Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> I just saw something that actually is one of my favorite projects. Can I add this in? Sure. Um, so it's not knitting, it's crocheting. But I said at the beginning that my grandma taught me how to crochet. Right. So, and then I started again in college and then kind of stopped because college was busy. And then once I got out of college, I was in a show and I had a bunch of time backstage. So I decided I'm going to reteach myself how to crochet. And so I made my grandmother a lap blanket which is what Aww. I was looking at also and when I was saying, everybody needs a blanket. Um, and so I made her a little black blanket so that she could cover her legs. That's she awesome. Was yeah. Aw. Uh, cool. So let's move on to our final questions. Yes, yeah, sorry. That was no, got that's all fine. sentimental. That's fine. Well, th- that's what knitting is. It's but it doesn't have to be. material that's why... friendship. Not material. Okay, so here's another thing that I made for the Stitch, Pitch, and Die show is I made wristbands that had 666 on them and I made lime green fuzzy thongs. You did. So, like, it, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's the thing that, like, everybody always says, like, oh, my gosh, people are knitting who aren't grannies. And uh, people have always been knitting who aren't grannies. That's a stupid stereotype that's been wrong forever. Right. There. That's not over the top. I think that's great. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I mean, that was something that we talked about a lot when we did the show, and that's mm-hmm. why the audience was really wide and varied, mm-hmm. is because there's been this great renaissance in, like, the last, mm, six, seven, eight years, even, going back. Yeah, but they come up, like, every ten years, there's another renaissance. Right, but I think, like, with the internet, there has been this sort of, like, people can be loud and proud, and, like, people of all different, you know, ages and types might have quietly knitted or had their groups, but now people can be, like, with, like, things like Etsy, make it be, make it clear that, like, this is a, a passion that a lot of people have, and it is not just stereotypically old grannies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so there can be the edgy, ironic, yes, fun, yes, absolutely. Don't and now it's like designers, and you know, it's part of the new look for the next year, I believe. <laughs> Knitwear <laughs> is it? I will Google that. <laughs> All right. Anything else about knitting? Um, no, no, not right now. <laughs> you really have that two. sort of that one in the chamber attitude that you're just like, no, I'm just going to wait until you start asking me another question <laughs> so I can interrupt you with another knitting thought. Um, can I share one of my favorite knitting stories? Sure. <laughs> okay, it isn't even... So, said the mate, you can cut this if it's boring, but when I was working at the James J. Hill house, one of the projects that I got to work on is Mary Hill, wife of James J. Hill, was a knitter. And so I was working on doing a um, presentation about her knitting for World War One. And I went around to a bunch of different yarn shops to advertise it, to kind of say, like, hey, you've got people who like knitting and crocheting. Maybe they'd like to come to this lecture about historic knitting. And I got totally yelled at by a staff member at one of the um, one of the stores because she's like, nobody yelled during World War One or no, no nobody, yelled. nobody yelled during World War One. I, I disagree. Think that's wrong. Uh, nobody knitted during World War One. They couldn't get anybody to knit. Everybody was crocheting, and she got really, really mad at me and in my face. And um, and as a guy, she did. I have her diaries and her knitting from that time period. And anyway, it was just kind of one of those moments where not all knitters are always nice. I'm sure she was nice and having a bad day. Yes, but there is there's room for all types, including annoying fucking pedantic knitters. Yeah, and a lot of people have really strong opinions. Yeah, I think like any geekdom, mm-hmm. it's, it's it, a strong it can get uh, really really pedantic. There's there's lots to be pedantic about. Absolutely. So people can sort of fight against the creativity of the hey, let's just 
no lifelines. Let's just go crazy and make lazy <laughs> tank tops. Yeah. And other people are like, no, this is how you make lazy tank tops. Yeah. Fuck them. And in between are all the like, nice, cool, chill people. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chewbacca. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, sorry. Chewbacca is not a duck. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I'm officially done with impressions. Rivers of tension. Uh, all right, final questions. Final questions? Ready. Are you ready? Ready. Are you sure? Promise. All right. If there was a musical based on your life, what might it be called? <laughs> you did not roll your eyes at me. You rolled your whole body at me. Not at you at that question, because I so <laughs> I have a good answer. Um... All honest answers are good answers. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, um, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is such a long pause. Um, can I can I just call it? Um, what was it? Kind kind. No, you know what? We're gonna call it whiskey and yarn. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> Exclamation point, whiskey and yarn, whiskey and yarn exclamation point. Exclamation or whiskey and yarn exclamation point. Okay, you wouldn't want to put the exclamation point first. <laughs> no, that is a bit weird. <laughs> All right, whiskey and yarn is a great answer. Uh, if you could command an army of animals, what kind of animals would you want to command? Are they knitting or just doing any old thing? You you command them. Whatever. You can make them oh, okay. do whatever you want. Um, mm. koala bears. Why koala bears? Because they're cute, but they also act like, you know, they can do things. And Like, they have thumbs, don't they? I think so, or at least things they, closer grabby. to thumbs. Um, and they're grabby so, as they're bears grabby. go, right? Yeah. And they... Marsupials? Are they a marsupial? I think they have pouches. I don't know. I'm going to get you all that now. Um, but I... Not by you, Joseph. By the <laughs> internet. As soon as this podcast is over, <laughs> we are going to look up information on koala bears. Okay. Get no, they have you know, pouches. Fuck yeah, they have pouches. I'm just going to own that. Koala bears have pouches. Okay. I don't know. Um, Toys of koala bears have pouches. Do they? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're very sure about this. Can we do the next podcast about you and koala bears? I'm not obsessed with koala bears. I'm obsessed with being definitive about koala bears. Um, yeah, I think koala bear- bears. Koala bears. <laughs> koala bears. Koala bears. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, because they can, you know, they can go up trees. So they can be sneaky, but I bet they could be actually useful and do a lot of things. They could probably knit. I think they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they could of, keep the know, yarn in their pouches if they have pouches, mm-hmm. which I believe they do. And with, they've got like long nails or claws or something, so they could like help turn all that bamboo into bamboo yarn. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. And the final question for everyone on the podcast, mm-hmm. which you know well, is what is happiness? And every time I'm going to come up with a better answer, happiness is sitting with your knitting and a glass of whiskey, looking at the sunset with the person you love sitting next to you, not getting kicked in the balls. Aww, thank you. (laughs) And that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.